Hello and welcome to this latest TES podcast issue review. My name is Richard Vaughan and I am joined by a fantastic panel from the TES. I've got Ed Dorrell. Hello, Ed. Hello. Adi Bloom. Hello, Adi. Hello. And John Severs. Hello there, John. Hello. So we have an issue jam-packed full of fun and information in this latest TES. Um, Our first story that we're going to have a look at is why ambition may be the key to career longevity. Uh, Adi, this is your piece. Can you um, just give us a bit of an outline? What's going on here? Sure. Well, basically, what they some researchers looked at what teachers' attitudes are to the classroom and to their jobs, and they looked at how long they've been in the profession and how long they're planning on staying in the profession. And what they found is the teachers who plan to stay in teaching for a long time were also the ones who set themselves ambitious goals, who had a vision for what they wanted to achieve in education. Um, And so what the researchers ultimately found was that ambitious people, rather than wanting to leave teaching and go and do something else, actually wanted to stay in teaching for a long time and do very well at it. Does that mean that they would not become principals or head teachers? They didn't look into that. They wanted to stay in education. Right. Um, But they wanted, I suppose what it was, is that things like how well sort of children's achievement and what they were able to do in the classroom working with pupils was more important to them and job satisfaction was more important than earning vast sums of money but then again you know they may have never been in finance or working in a city law firm or something they don't know how good it is to make millions and millions of pounds i suppose there is that yes uh, it's a really interesting piece, um, and it, uh, I think it would ring true with an awful lot of teachers out there that they get a lot more out of their careers just by um, seeing their children succeed. So it's a really good piece. Check it out. Uh, uh, next up on uh, our agenda is a fascinating piece by Robert Peel in our uh, comment section. He's talking about cultural ignorance uh, and it being an Achilles heel. Uh, Ed, can you tell us a bit more about this? Um It is uh, a thing that never ceases to amuse me, the fact that we have a regular writer on the subject of history whose name is Robert Peel. (laughs) I think we should all take a moment to celebrate that. (laughs) And he doesn't shorten it to Rob. No. But he might. No, no, he's Robert Peel. Um, Robert Peel, I suppose, as the name might suggest, is um, something of a traditionalist. Uh, He's a teacher um, at the West London Free School, Toby Young's um, uber-traditional uh, state-funded free school mm. in Hammersmith. And Robert um, Robert argues that, uh, in a way, Robert argues um, from a very traditional perspective on the, on the basis of knowledge versus skills mm. that historical literacy, as he calls it, is very, very important for schools to teach children. And he uses examples of day-to-day language and a day-to-day life. For example, he talks about the word cavalier, he talks about the word Spartan, and he talks about the word puritanical, but he uses them within the context of everyday speech. <laughs> it's, very, it's very Hershian, isn't it? It's very it is very Hershian, and, you know, and it is a fairly well-rehearsed argument from that perspective. But he puts it in a very different, uh, in a very different context, and one I think that is very persuasive. Obviously, there are those who will reject it out of hand. Um, not least of all, probably Ken Robinson, who uh, mm-hmm. who appeared in the slot only two weeks ago, or was it even last week? Last week. They go so fast, so, the weeks. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> yes. They? Yeah. Um, 
it's a really fascinating I mean I take it his his point of view is that some people will say well they can just google that but what he is saying is that you need to have it very much ingrained into you so you can get the common the the, the common commentary if you like of of national debate or whatever else absolutely he talks about um, to go back to the example I used he talks about um, having a colleague who's approached a lesson planning as cavalier he talks about how he has a flat that is minimally furnished and it is Spartan. Mm. So what he's saying is that people use these words but often have no idea why and why we would use them in that context. He then goes on to talk about um, this argument for teaching British history with, oh, yes, the, for the yeah. same, for the same, with the same argument of cultural inheritance. Um, and he makes the key point that there is a world of difference between learning about British history and celebrating it and he takes on the critics of this approach, pointing out that just because you learn about British history as part of your cultural inheritance, it doesn't mean you should celebrate it uh, using the fairly black and white examples of Cromwell in Ireland and the Boer War concentration camps. Indeed. Which is hard to um, take on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the, uh, Cromwell being the hammer of, of the Irish, as he was known. Um, Yes, although he does, uh, he gets a red mark, I'm afraid, in one of his re- cultural references, when he says uh, that uh, King Canute tried in vain to hold back the tide, when obviously he didn't. So uh, must try harder there, I'm afraid, Robert. Um, <laughs> although he has come up with a reference that none of us can even pronounce. Um, is it Silleran? Caribdis. Caribdis. So I have no idea what it means. No idea. House points for Robert there. Apparently he now knows the difference... Well, he knows about being between a Scylla and a Charybdis. So uh, we'll send a pen. A T-S <laughs> flashing pen to anyone who can tell us what that means Absolutely. in the next half an hour. Um, excellent. Moving on. we uh, Our main feature uh, this week is um, Stephen Petty, who is a regular contributor. Uh, he did his daughter's homework for two weeks to try and find out a little bit more about it. Um, John, can you tell us a bit about this? What, what, what exactly is this about? Well, Steve decided that the age group he wanted to focus on was Year 9, and his daughter's Year 9 at the moment. He sees the point of homework in Year 10 and 11. Um, he believes it's a preparation, you know, a training ground for work, I think he calls it, you know, getting them into the motions of regular structured work. But in Year 9, he says, well, what is actually the point? So he spent two weeks doing his daughter's homework. Anything she brought home, he did too, which included doing paintings with a car. Um, It included some German homework, uh, which made him recount an embarrassing incident with a teaching assistant. And (laughs) (laughs) that isn't reason enough to buy buy the magazine this week. I don't know what is. Absolutely. And uh, he had some interesting views on uh, maths homework and the um, and the question the questions maths teachers use. Um, and how they're structured online as well. So he, he went, did this homework for two, two weeks and then made some conclusions out of that. Uh, it's quite interesting. Some of it is that he now believes you should mark every piece of homework you set because he f- saw his daughter plough her, you know, all her efforts into one, one piece of homework for three hours and then it never got looked at. And that sort of uh, depleted her motivation and he now has promised to, to mark every piece of work if he can. He also thinks you need to differentiate more because the, the subjects he was poorest at, it made him hate the whole of homework. So he met, the whole notion of homework was tainted because that piece of homework was so negative in his experience. So he says you now need to differentiate. So if someone's not as good or they don't enjoy it, then you need to focus that homework better for that, for that student. 
So it's not a waste of time then? He says it's not a waste of time, except he does uh, mention the uh, all-time popular Simpsons homework and said he enjoyed The Simpsons very much, but he doesn't see what educational benefit he got out of it. Yes, kind of along the same lines as the Mr. Men thing as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he had to find evil in The Simpsons and a Simpsons episode. So he watched the one where Barry White appears and calls the serpents out of out the ground or something like that. I don't know. Could you not just point to Mr. Burns? I think I think what you're referring to is Snake Whacking Week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our resident Simpsons expert. Absolutely. And uh, it's a very sad day because Harry Shearer has now announced that he will no longer be taking part in the Simpsons. Anyway, we're going off piste slightly there. Um, <laughs> Uh, and to end uh, our, our podcast, it is the end of uh, Sat Week, which a lot of primary school teachers will be uh, whooping for and celebrating because it is indeed the bane of many of their lives. Um, it's a good thing, isn't it? The end of Sat Week, a lot I, of pressure I, off. I think it wouldn't be worth my job to say it was a bad thing. Um, <laughs> we, hope, we hope that there are... Um, Year six teachers up and down the country opening large glasses of wine yes, and throwing them down their throats almost as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, the stage school plays. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. We, we've carried a couple of pieces recently on, on Saturday. Yeah, we? I mean, Jack, Jack Marwood, he's a primary teacher in the Midlands, he wrote a feature two weeks ago um, when he pointed out, actually, you know, over the 20 years or so that Sats has existed, there was a lot of... Uh, protest at the start but actually they fizzled out slightly and it's only really re-emerged recently when the Tories um, pledged to do Sats resits in year 7 and sort of rekindled but for a while it's been quite quiet so his hope is that that will be the start of something that reignites the debate and says do you know what these are are kids Uh, we're putting them under too much pressure the accountability system by which we measure schools has reached the point where we're putting all that pressure onto the children even in the schools try and avoid that pressure seeping down, the atmosphere of the school changes. It's something that Joe Brighouse deals with in her uh, blog, which is on the TES website currently, where she says she agrees with assessment, she understands the reasons for it, but you've got to realise that these are just kids. They're, you know, they're 11 and 12 years old. My feeling is um, that SATs will only really be scrapped when someone in power truly grasps just how far school they are in practice. So you get away from actually the sort of theoretical ideas about over-testing kids and um, and whether uh, whether schools should, primary schools should be held accountable. And when someone actually realises that up and down the country, exam conditions aren't be taken that seriously, um, that there's no way that the process of putting year sixes in exam conditions is in any sense a good measure of how successful a school is. Once people realise that, then you might have a conversation about scrapping them because just practically they're useless. It does <laughs> seem strike me as very much the uh, the tail wagging the dog, doesn't it? It's not it's not like it's for the furtherment of the child in terms of it's opening doors like GCSEs or A levels, but it's purely just to hold schools to account. Which well, and ultimately it doesn't hold schools to account. So and in fact, so the the tail is even getting longer. Yeah. In fact, they're all there to do is to produce league tables and give data to Ofsted so parents are happy. Yeah. But the picture that they paint is entirely wrong. <laughs> Indeed, and on, on, on that uh, complicated but happy note, because sats are over, um, we will leave it there. Uh, that just leaves me to say thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to John, Adi and Ed. And uh, we will catch you next week. Thanks a lot and goodbye. Goodbye.